Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I don't have anything to say about myself this week. It's just been spent chasing Henry. Uh, yeah, that's Dory. That's Matt. That's Dory. I'm Matt. I said, <laughs> "What?" And then I was like, "What's who's anyone email us?" <sighs> yes. <laughs> I don't uh, know. What is happening? I was trying to get through the show as quick okay. as I could. Wow. All right. You said that we could go right into email. I didn't say we could go right into email. What did you mean then? I said we could start emails before the break, but I still think we need to give people an update. What is the update? What do we have to update people on? Um, oh, Matt's going to do his semen analysis at home. Uh, reportedly. I don't know where wh- when that's supposed to be. When is that supposed to be? All I know um, is Dory just waltzed into the house with a with a sterile cup and a big smile on her face. 
Well, because all you're just like, oh, I hate that room. I hate that room. Why can't I do it at home? Oh, it's a terrible room. I hate all so of it. So I was like, okay. I'm okay. just trying to find every way I can not to do this. And she keeps finding solutions. Oh, don't worry. We're not going to do it. <laughs> you're going to sabotage it like you are. I'm not have. sabotaging. You are sabotaging. How am I sabotaging? <laughs> you're sabotaging my life. What? By giving me the burden of needing to provide another child. Oh, boy. Tried one this week. I was like, oh, God, imagine if there were two of these. And you're like, you're like, let's do two of these. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I have to constantly watch this child while you work. It's not always going to be that way. I know, but it, it is that way right now. This week it was, yes. Yeah, I know. But look, we're not going to have someone always. So I know. Burden falls on, on the husband as per usual. The what? husband has to do the child care. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I don't think this is going to happen, but for many reasons. Well, I can think of one reason that it will happen. What's that? I don't want it to. It's the rule of me. Oh, poor Matt. It's like everything I don't want Matt happens. Is Matt, oh, poor Matt. <sighs> He's so beleaguered. I am very beleaguered. Anyway, the good news is I can do the semen analysis at home. Isn't that exciting, everyone? How'd your appointment go? I hate you right now. Benjamin Buttons, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me right now? Because. Why? You finally put on makeup and now you hate me? I had to put on makeup for this Forever 35 thing. Why do you put on makeup for the ladies? Because I don't want to just like go on a Zoom with 100 people. I think you should go on a Zoom with 100 people and be yourself. I am myself. I'm just wearing makeup. You're yourself, but you have this facade on. Oh, give me a This break. facade, if you will. <laughs> facade. Yep. <laughs> I just think you should be like, hey, people, I wear sun sleeves. You didn't even let me wear sun sleeves. Because they weren't covering you. They were like, I was like, why not just wear a long sleeve t-shirt? Because it's not the same. I don't see how it's not the same. Even Bo is like, I'm out of here. This is dumb. Yeah, I agree, Bo. This is dumb. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I think everyone's excited about that. What? What is (laughs) happening? This is a terrible episode. Okay. I think I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. It's Sunday night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been nonstop all week. I'm like a podcast behind on the other show. I got to (sighs) record. But, uh, you know. We soldier on. Yes, we soldier on endlessly. And, uh. It all it all continues as the world uh, falls deeper and deeper into what I would describe as the tenth circle of hell. That's right. There's ten now. Whoa. Yeah, we're in it. <laughs> okay. Welcome, everybody. You know what? Everybody, I just watch like I just watch videos of people at Disney World. Like, there's no line. Uh huh. <laughs> Guys, I just walked right on the Jungle Cruise. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And you'll walk into an early grave. Oh, God. What? Just like, I don't understand. Everyone's out and about. Go home. I know. I feel like you went for a drive last night and you saw people out and about. 
I saw so many people just eating outside, like at outdoor dining tables, because in Los Angeles, indoor dining is no bueno no more. Heard Mayor Garcetti today saying that, like, you know, we might need to put a stricter lockdown for it. I'm like, you lifted it too fucking early. Mm-hmm. Way too early. I love how he's trying to blame individuals for going to the bars and gyms that he opened. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, when they were opening, I was like, what, 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 why, 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 why are we doing this? Yeah. What is happening? So dumb. And then, and then they opened it, and now we're having, you know, we keep breaking records over here. Way to go, LA. You did it. I saw, like, I, I keep seeing people, too, like, dressed, like, I saw a lot of, I would, what I describe as girls in, in, like, dresses that would usually be for clubbing with masks on. <laughs> At the ga- at various gas stations. What? I don't know where they're going. I don't understand it. I'm very confused. Hmm. I feel like there are some um, underground parties these days. What do you mean? Like, like mask parties or just like, like not evens? Well, like promoters, the bars and clubs aren't open. So they're like having these like house parties where like at at At, people's houses yeah they're like airbnb houses and having big party party house yeah party house this sounds like some sort of wacky out there conspiracy theory dory do you have any evidence to back this up i have friends who live next door to party houses what happens at a party house it's just like it'll be like a hundred or more people partying and there's like nothing they can do about it who's the they the people who live next door. Right. But aren't we still banning gatherings of more than 10 yes, people? Yes, but it's not enforced. Oh, I see. That's I what see. I'm saying. I see. There's like no mechanism for enforcement. Well, I mean, how do we get on the list for one of these parties? Let me see what I can do. Okay. Anyway, I hope you're all doing all right. Staying at home. <sighs> Our friend took his family to, to Park City. Utah. Your friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he doing there? They're going to go out and like on like boats or something. What? I don't know. Water ski or something. Okay. I don't know. That was a non sequitur. <laughs> well, I'm just like thinking about people who are like leaving. Mm-hmm. People who are too, I don't know, free with their bodies. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's. It, here's the thing. I think it's gonna it's gonna snap back. You know, it's already snapping back, but I think it's gonna affect Los Angeles, and then they're gonna have to shut down work again. Yeah. So, whereas if they had listened in the first place, we'd probably actually be out of it by August. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Good news is our nanny's back and doesn't have COVID according to the test. Yep. So I'll have a retest tomorrow (laughs) and then retest again tomorrow (laughs) afternoon. (laughs) And then I do a fourth test and then she can come back. I don't know. Whatever. I feel like everybody's, everybody's doing things. Yeah. Literally everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person who doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. 
I just don't understand it. What 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 am I doing? What are we doing wrong, Dory? I think we're doing things right. right? But I don't know. I don't know. How what's the Forever 35 situation? What do you mean? What's what's happening in that community? Are people going out and about? No, it's a it's a pretty mask-wearing community. Mm. <sighs> what's Kate doing? She going to secret house parties in various locations around the greater Los Angeles area, uh, up to and including the Valley, the Deep Valley, and Los Angeles proper? I don't think she is. I think she could be. I'm just not telling us. I mean, that's possible. She's out right now. She's probably out right now with a with a with a with a bottle of 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 whatever it is people drink nowadays. Okay. Wow, you're cool. Kina Lillet. <laughs> uh, what are people drinking now? You guys out there, you, The Rock has a new tequila. Isn't that good? That's exciting. Maybe people are drinking The Rock's tequila on yeah, The Rocks. Yeah, maybe. Tequila on The Rocks. I forget what it's called, but it's now they're now serving it in Disney. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where in Disney. I forget. I watch so many, again, Disney vlogs of people at the parks. I would say, I say if, I, if I wasn't married and had a child... I would probably go because everybody vlogging seems to be by themselves mm-hmm. and then they keep just getting entire pirate to the Caribbean boats to themselves. Would you vlog if you went? No, I would just go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would just go and ride things by myself and not talk to anybody. What a dream come true that would be. Mm. All right. Bye. Bye. I'll see you later. I'm going to go live my dreams. Okay, bye. Oh, just got back. Turns out Disneyland's still closed. Oh, no. You drove all the way to Anaheim. And it will be probably for a long time. 65th anniversary of Disneyland was uh, this past week. Yeah, I know. It was going to be a big Sheboygan, Wisconsin celebration. But, alas. Alas. Downtown Disney's open, so we could probably go to the Earl of Sandwich. (laughs) Maybe hit up the La Brea Bakery down there. People have been like lining up to get into downtown Disney. Well, that's because they want the 65th anniversary merch. Oh, I see. That they're selling at the Disney store? Yes. And you can't get it online? Correct. Gotcha. Have you just been seeing people lined up to get into downtown Disney mm-hmm. on Twitter? Yeah. I, I wonder what, like, what, what, what makes it into your news versus my own personal news. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured it had something to do with merch because people, I was seeing pictures of people lined up and then I was seeing like videos of people going crazy in the Disney store. I was like, what are they They're probably buying? just excited to be around Mickey and Minnie again, you know? Or the Fab Five, as they call them, you know? Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald, Daisy. I think That's Pluto, funny. actually, not Daisy. Oh, really? Yeah. Why doesn't Goofy have a have a partner? Well, Goofy's Goofy's a single dad. Oh. You never saw the Goofy movie? No. Yeah. I assume the mother probably left him because he was too goofy. Oh, poor Goofy. Yeah. I don't I've never seen the Goofy movie either. Oh. Apparently a touchstone of millennials though is that movie. Really? Yeah, I, I was like, what? No. You're like a Gen Xer millennial clothing. I'm a Gen Xer millennial clothing? What? <laughs> You are like at your core, you're a Gen Xer, but you're actually a millennial. Yes, I know. Except for Homestar Runner, you're like most of your 
cultural touchstones are actually more like boomer touchstones. <laughs> I am a boomer. You're a boomer. I'm a boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I my cultural touchstones are just I think my cultural my cultural touchstones are cable television. Whatever was on cable. Mm. That's why I grew up with like the Dick Van Dyke show. But you didn't watch like 90210. No. Right. So. Or Melrose Place. I was like, right. I don't need this. Uh, why do I need this? Did you watch Saved by the Bell? No. Didn't like it either. See? You're... I was like, what is this? I don't mm-hmm. need this. It's Saturday morning. I don't want live action, not funny comedy. <laughs> I'll go watch the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> I'd rather fucking turn on a Donna Reed. <laughs> Okay, boomer. <laughs> I don't even like uh, Brady Bunch. I didn't really like either. Mr. Ed was okay. Beverly Hillbillies was good. Uh, Petticoat Junction was okay. I'm trying to think of things like the monkeys. I like the monkeys. Hey, we're the mon- you know the monkeys. People say we monkey around. Yeah, I liked I liked them. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else did I like? Star Trek, obviously. Obvi, you know, can't not like Star Trek. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so like I'll you know, uh, Power Rangers, Pokemon. Not your thing. No, no, I like uh, I like. I watched like the first season of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like I was twelve, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay." You know what is a is a cultural touchstone for many women my age that was not a t- cultural touchstone for me. Madonna's like a prayer video. No, I love that video. Okay. Uh, Babysitters Club. Babysitters Club, yep, yeah. popular with your generation. Yep. But it came out. The first book was published in 1986. So I turned nine that year and I feel like they were already a little, like I, I was, I think I felt like they were already a little like young Beneath you, for me. Yeah. You were already, you already, you already soared past that with kind super of. fudge. You were like, I'm out of here. Well, I was reading like the older, the, the Judy Bloom books for older kids. Uh, like are you Deanie. there? God, it's me, Margaret. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, Deanie, um, starring Sally J. Friedman as mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like that was more my, my vibe than uh, Babysitter's Club. I did read some Sweet Valley Highs, but those were like meant for older kids. Right. You know? Babysitter's Club was always like too young. Hmm. So I never really got into it, but it's like such a touchstone. Yeah. I don't know. Like in 1995, like the thing I watched probably the most was the Beatles anthology because <laughs> that came out, aired on ABC in November of 95 and I taped it. Whoa. So... Like, I don't know what everybody else was watching then. <laughs> November 95? Yeah, like, I liked, you know. Friends? Sequest was good. People were watching Friends. <laughs> yeah, I watched Friends and so your must-see TVs, your, your, your Frasers, of course. Mm-hmm. But, like, otherwise, I just, I don't know. I don't know what kids were into. Like, DuckTales never did it for me either i mean even i enjoyed some ducktales ducktales i was like this is too i had one tape of duck to the future which was like a vhs tape of like a two-parter episode or something mm. i like muppet babies too oh babies was good i didn't like thoroughly watch it i watched the great muppet caver a lot as a kid 
It's a good movie. It's probably the worst of the bunch. Really? Charles Grodin, Diamond Thief, <laughs> like Jewel Thieves. <laughs> I like a caper. What can uh-huh. I say? Yeah. Well, all right. This really turned into a Patreon style episode <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, so, if you want more episodes like this, support us on Patreon. And if you uh, decide to unsubscribe, I understand. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break. Oh, and we aren't going to get to the email. Well, I think we've been yapping for too long. Oh, okay, bye. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, Not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a... Just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason... They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. 
Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, we're back. Okay. Touchstones, millennial and otherwise, all taken care of. Um. All right. First email is from Sarah, um, who says... Hang think, on. Is this a Sarah or is it anonymous? It's a Sarah. Okay. I'm going to ask from now on. Okay. I think the last update I gave you was at my seven-week graduation from my IVF clinic, and now I'm officially a mom. Know Your Podcast kept me company through my pregnancy, remote teaching, and being socially isolated since March. Thank you for all you do to keep me and others informed and entertained. Our beautiful baby girl, we didn't know the sex, Lillian Deborah Tybersky, was born four weeks early on June 11th at 4.54 p.m. We couldn't love our science baby more. Um, And she was born on... The day after her husband's birthday. Whoa. Birthday traffic jam. I know. Um, all right. When we got home from Lowell General, holy uh, crap. What up, did Lowell life General? Get real with triple feeding and no access to an in person lactation consultant doing home visits. Thanks, pandemic, for the lack of in person assistance. LGH. Lil was born with low blood sugar and my milk supply wasn't in. So triple feeding began an hour after she was born. Also, in true Sarah luck, I pulled out my back 11 days into parenthood and couldn't stand upright, likely the result of the epidurals I had. Yes, epidurals, plural, because I was blessed enough to need two wow. as the first one missed. The only positive of that insane pain was that it forced me to let go of the fear of people in my house during COVID and ask my in-laws over to the rescue. They are both retired and have been isolating. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think... Lily is already five weeks old already. The first 20 days were a blur, but we are now in more of a predictable routine. I'm hoping I can get the triple feeding. I can cut down the triple feeding soon. I have a lactation consultant from a private agency coming to my house this weekend. I'm grateful Blue Cross will reimburse me, but I struggle with the idea that I can go get my hair cut. Not that I would, but breastfeeding support groups and help classes aren't allowed yet. I think it's bullshit that parents slash caretakers are sent home to figure it out alone. My learning curve was immense and breastfeeding, pumping the bottle feeding every three hours is exhausting. Posted in the Facebook group a list of things I wish I knew and products from Amazon that have been sanity savers with a sincere hope that it helps someone else. I want to express my gratitude once again for all that you both do as it has helped me immensely through my IVF journey, pregnancy, and will continue to help me navigate parenthood. I'm a few episodes behind, but wishing you the best on this next round of IVF. Much love to you all. Sarah, Mike, Lily, and Gidget, our 12-year-old mini schnauzer in 1,800 square feet in Haverhill. You said that like a foreigner. You just, you just got to drag that all together. You don't say Haverhill. 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 Just Haverhill. You said Haverhill. You threw an extra an extra syllable that's not there. At least I didn't say Haverhill. That's true. <laughs> uh, there's a crematory in Haverhill. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, look, I'm glad you have a little Lowellian and... Uh, you know, I hadn't thought about the whole idea of like uh, how difficult it would be to find uh, post-parent help immediately. Yeah. Following. Because, you know, we're in a pandemic. Yeah, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, if you head over to Facebook and look for the Excellent Adventure Group, you'll find uh, Sarah's list of things that have kept her sane. 
So I think it's probably in the pregnancy and children group. So if you go to our spinoff group, yeah. our, our Petticoat Junction to our Green Acres. Sure. What? Were those spinoffs of each other? I don't know. But I was going to go find out. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know who he's asking. Um, all right. This next email is from Aaron, who is a yoga instructor and sent you some links to um, her yoga practice. Mm-hmm. Um, she said you don't need to read these on the pod. So I'm not going to read late. them on the pod. Too late. Read it. <laughs> Um, she's five months pregnant with our little science baby boy. So these are safe for prenatal practice too. All right. I got pregnant on the fourth transfer after taking a long break and finally traveling to Japan. The thing that worked was most likely the ERA and a second opinion for the caller who wanted to know whether listeners recommend a second opinion. Yes. I asked about the ERA due to Dory's recommendation. This is the procedure that times the optimal transfer time based on hormones with each of my previous three transfers. My uterine lining was not thick enough for the scheduled date. And thus my transfer was always pushed out a week. The ERA told the doctors my optimal window for transfer, despite the thickness or not of my uterine lining, I kept the date of the successful transfer. This always this also required switching my progesterone injections to morning instead. I recommended your pod and Facebook group to two other people this week. Thank you, Aaron. Getting the word out there. I'm sorry if they tune into this one first and they listen to that first section. Hmm. cultural touchstones she's in 1300 square feet in portland with a half-finished basement one 20 pound two-year-old active terrier mix rescue dog a husband including his giant comic book collection dope and four hens who yes lay eggs oh and my latest embryo transfer was four days before the first announced covid case in oregon in portland so i got out just in, i got in just in time wow my husband and i send our love to all of you who must wait longer now and wishing you all the best of luck with your potential upcoming egg retrieval so weird so much is on hold yeah <laughs> like sarah said she can get her hair cut but she can't get a she can't get a lactation consultant yeah through. um why are haircuts necessary <laughs> i don't know i haven't gotten mine cut in like nine months i cut mine at home yeah i know it doesn't ever really work out great but nope. i don't care because who's gonna see me just your wife. Just my wife. All right. This is from Harriet. Dear Matt, Henry, Dory, and Bo, I'm not pausing the pod to write you, uh, which is why this email comes several weeks after you initially, uh, after I initially intended to write. I live in London, but I'm originally from Ireland. was very surprised to read an email few weeks ago stating surrogacy was illegal in ireland as i had never heard this and looking into it i found that it is not illegal however there is literally no legislation in place in regards to surrogacy which can lead to legal issues as a surrogate mother would legally be seen as the mother and guardian of the child and as private adoption is not legal in Ireland, transferring guardianship can be quite complex however i do not think the lack of legislation is necessarily down to Ireland and crazy Catholics, as Matt put it. Hey, takes one to know one. (laughs) In the UK, for example, there is more legislation governing surrogacy, but it is illegal to pay anyone to be your surrogate, though you are expected to pay reasonable expenses. And surrogacy cannot be advertised as a service, which obviously makes surrogacy harder to access. Also, oh gosh, excuse me. Rude. Also under, it's everyone... 
seven twelve p.m. on a Sunday night after a week and a half of of being the baby's primary afternoon caregiver. Dory was handling almost all the mornings like a champion. But then I had to really take it over, guys. Dory just ordered food without telling me. It'll be available at 8.12 p.m. Okay, first of all... You're right here. You didn't even say, I'm going to get food at a place. I can't even... You definitely don't want food from. Try me. Robotogenia. Ugh. Exactly. Don't want food from there. (laughs) So salty. Everything's so salty. You're so salty. This is true. Yep. Anyway. Uh, also under UK surrogacy, arrangements aren't actually legally f- enforceable, and the surrogate is considered the legal parent of the child until the legal parenthood is transferred either by a parenthood order or adoption. If there is a disagreement over who is a legal parent in court, the court makes a decision in the best interest of the child. So, yeah, basically, it would seem that outside the US, surrogacy law is very different. Could you see what our dog is doing? Yeah. Besides Petticoat Junction and Beverly Hillbillies. Bo! I'm one of your listeners who is not undergoing IVF, and while I do want children, I hope to adopt, as I have several health conditions that I prefer not to pass on. However, listening to your podcast made me feel better equipped to support my families, uh, sorry, my friends, when they had to free sperm after my friend was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So thank you for that. The jerk-off room he used had a computer and an external hard drive of porn. Wow. <laughs> Which apparently was very old. Uh, <laughs> who's in charge in the office of updating that? That's a that's a great question for an IVF clinic. Who is in charge of curating, updating, and establishing the protocols for the pornography? Hmm. I do worry my health conditions may actually stop me from adopting, but I guess I will have to cross that bridge when I come to it. I've fallen behind on most podcasts during the pandemic, but I've never missed an episode of Excellent Adventure. Wow. Also, as a hospital admin, I'm no longer working from home, so thank you for brightening my Monday morning commutes. Email, nope, not far too long. Didn't need to edit. I only yawned twice because of it being Sunday, not because of the email. Thank you, Harriet. <clears throat> Harry was talking about a jerk-off room that had an external hard drive that was just full of porn. Wow. Old porn. Old porn. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I'm also like curious. It's like, who's in charge of curating the hard drive? What if the hard drive starts to fail? I have a lot of questions. What if someone steals the hard drive? <laughs> gross. I mean, yes, yeah, gross, but... I mean, I don't, I don't know. What if someone ejects without dismounting? What if someone, dirty. Yeah, well, some dis, what if someone unplugs it without ejecting? Mm. Uh, Harriet, thank you for your email. All right, this is from Katie. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I'm writing in response to the woman whose husband had zero sperm count. My husband had the same situation, and after some genetic testing, we found out he had Klinefelter syndrome. So we also had to use donor sperm. After talking to our doctor, we decided to go straight to IVF due to the cost and time. If you do IUI, you have to use the full vial of sperm each time. One vial of donor sperm, 
uh, costs around $850 shipped or more. And if you had a couple failed cycles, not only would you lose time, but lots of money. You also run the risk of your chosen donor not having enough files available and having to buy extra to store if you want more than one baby. My situation was a little different due to my age. I was 38 at the time, so I didn't want to lose several months or risk spending a lot of money on failed cycles. I would say the biggest things to consider are cost, how long you're willing to wait, and if you want more than one baby. I live in a suburb of Dallas, Texas in 3,400 square feet with my husband, our six and a half month old science baby, our 65 pound Australian shepherd and our 50 pound blue healer mix. Ooh, good dogs. Well, I, I didn't know that. Wait, how big is the shepherd? The shepherd is 65 pounds. That's big for an Australian shepherd, right? I think so. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah, I think they're usually aren't they usually like 40 40ish pounds? I don't know. They're like half a bow. Yeah, 40ish pounds. Um that is good. That's good. Those are good tips. Thank you, Katie. And congratulations. Um all right. This is from Claire. Hi Claire. Hi Matt, Dory, Henry and Bo. She says hi back. I had to pause the pod when you were discussing the kids book about donor sperm that sounded heteronormative. We are a two mom family and use donor sperm for both our kids, different donor for each kid. Long story for our family. We found a great book called Zach's Safari. It is specifically for donor conceived kids of two mom families. And it is great. It is told from the perspective of a kid giving a tour of his family. The first half of the book uses simple but accurate language to explain the science, and the second half of the book celebrates how his family is just like all other families. The illustrations are beautiful, and it is also a multiracial family, so it gets extra points for diversity and representation. Wanted to pass this along in case it is relevant and helpful for other families. And you can find out more at www.zax-safari.com, and that's Z-A-K-S. I mean, what if you guys have a girl? I mean, this Zach is gendered. Zach is gendered. Why not make it like Gene? <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. You know what I mean? Sure. POV of the name, the baby, the the kid, the kid whose point of view yeah, it is. Yeah, I get it. Is that? Am I crazy now? Kind of. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm just checking. Okay. Um, and she is in 2,300 square feet in Norwood, Massachusetts, with a wife, two kids, and two cats that hate each other. Uh. Maybe why why maybe if you gave the cats like more things to do, they wouldn't hate each other. Like what? What would you give them to do? Lasers, balls of of jingly catnip. Uh huh. You know so much about cats. Jingly catnip and lasers. <laughs> That's what I would do. Uh huh. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um. All right. Should we take another break? Okay. Okay. 
Zach, uh, Zach Safari book on the website, and it comes with a audio sound every time you turn the page. And that's what we were hearing. <laughs> we were like, what is that? We were confused because Bo's in the house. <laughs> Crisis averted. It was the book. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to read this next email? Uh, wait. Who's who's this? It's from Katie. Okay, ready? Yeah. Here we go. Greetings, Dory, Matt, and family. Wow, this week's episode is full of messages that resonated with me. First to the listener who is teach a teacher deciding whether or not to teach remotely, I hear you. I'm a specialist teacher who works with lots of kids, and I'm feeling very apprehensive about returning in the fall. My district has some positions available for teaching remotely, but there are not enough available for all the teachers who are high risk, not to mention people like me who aren't high risk but still worried about exposure. Whole situation sucks. Students need to be back in school, especially ones in the population I work with who deal with poverty and don't have resources many other kids do. However, many of those students live in multi-generational households, and it's terrifying to think about what could happen to their families if they bring COVID home. We're damned if we do, damned if we don't. I don't have any answers, just lots of love to send to the teachers and parents out there who are dealing with the impossible decisions. Secondly, breastfeeding. To the... Uh, Breastfeeding listener who had a poorly latching baby with oversupply from pumping, I'm with you 100%. Breastfeeding my baby has been eight months of clogs, blisters, frustration, tears, pumping, and an annoying amount of milk building up in my freezer because how can you throw something you work so hard to get? Uh, Donating to a milk bank is complicated where I live, so I've resorted to a somewhat controversial strategy to deal with my oversupply. turns out that breast milk is fantastic in coffee. It also makes great boxes of mac and cheese and waffles and anything else that it calls for a small amount of milk. I love this. <laughs> I know it grosses out a lot of people, my husband included, but hey, it's good enough for the baby. That is, uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm into that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, everyone. <laughs> uh, finally, I wanted to send an aggressive cat signal. We somewhat impulsively adopted a kitten a month ago, and my original kitty of eight years wants to murder it. I'm here for you guys. <laughs> Jingly catnip and lasers. <laughs> they haven't even met yet. The kitten has its own room, and my original cat routinely hisses and growls. And says, well, that's because they're just smelling it. We're getting her a pheromone collar and have been following behavioral advice online, but to no avail. Have any eggheads had ex- success in integrating cats? Has anyone else... In the impulsive COVID pet adoption boat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dorian Matt, for doing this podcast. And thank you to all the listeners who share their stories and experiences. It's been so helpful that to know I'm not alone. Negative. Uh, sorry. As I've navigated infertility and IVF. Also, thank you, Matt, for all the hours of Star Trek TNC. Wow. Having something entertaining and silly to listen to has been extra special uh, re- with reality being so dark these days. That's exactly why Andy and I do 93 hours a week. <laughs> Sincerely, Katie in 1,900 square feet in Alaska with Wait, a husband. Wait, you skipped her last line. Wait, sorry. To everyone struggling to uh, ex- to expand their families during such a challenging time. Kapla. That's Klingon. Did you know that? Well, I figured it was it was a Star Trek reference, which is why I felt like you had to read it. Right. Kapla. I mean, look, I'd put some punctuation in if I was actually <laughs> just saying, but. What does it mean? Uh, It's like solidarity amongst klingons oh okay uh 
P.S. In an episode long ago, Dory mentioned Wait, you skipped that. Oh she's... my god, I can't keep going back and not skipping things. It's impossible. Katie, in 1900 square feet <laughs> in Alaska, you. an eight-month-old science baby, two cats, an embryo on ice in Seattle that we are struggling to decide to decide when to transfer. P.S. In an episode a long time ago, Dory mentioned hanging out with Katie Natopoulos from BuzzFeed. I'm from Mass, and Katie and I were in the same class growing up. Just love the connections that make this world seem a little bit smaller. There you go. Katie Natopoulos. Two, two kids now. Yeah. Two very <laughs> cute kids. I don't know how they keep doing it, all these people with kids. Just like, what are you guys doing to yourselves? Uh, um, all right. The aggressive cat signal has gone out. Yep. I mean, look, catnip and lasers, just try it out. Let me know. Thank you, Katie. All right. We have another voicemail. We have a voicemail from someone who also had some thoughts about teaching. I love that there were two Katie's in Katie's class. Oh, I mean, well, at I, least. well I, te- I texted it to Katie and I was like, oh, this woman um, says she grew up with you. And she was like, there were at least five Katie's in my class. Let me. Let me see who she is. <laughs> um, but she figured it out. Nice. Yeah. That she's now in did, did the uh, I was like, Alaska. She, I was like, her. she lives in a no, I was like, she lives in Alaska now. She's like, wow, cool. She looked her up on she looked her up on Facebook. Sure. That's where everyone does all their research. Yep. All right. Here we go. Hey Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. This is Ron from Karen Crow, Louisiana. Had to find a quiet spot and pause the podcast because I actually have a uh, try to lend a helping hand to the lady who was a teacher and was questioning whether she should go back or she should go virtual. And I can actually comment on this as my wife is a teacher. I quit my job in November to become a full-time stay-at-home parent. And she quit being a stay-at-home parent to become a seventh-grade math teacher as part of her master's program so that she could do her student teaching and get paid for it. And when the coronavirus hit and they shut down schools, she came home and they went to a virtual-ish learning thing like a lot of places. But uh, she also was able to get a second job because her parents own an insurance business that is literally 50 feet from our house. So if they needed somebody to run the phones while the place was technically shut down and she was able to do that. So that worked out for us. But when everything started to kick back in and they've decided that they want to open schools, we are, I'm your listener with the eight kids and we homeschool all our kids. And my wife was in no way, shape or form going to go back and expose us or our kids to that kind of environment. And she also has a mother who has stage four lung cancer in her remaining lung. Mm. And she's at a high risk. We live on the back section of their properties, which, which is near their office. So we uh, definitely were not going back. She was not going back. I was not going to go back to work um, because my the industry I quit was mostly in hospitals and schools doing service work. So, yeah, high exposure there. We have looked all over, and my wife, while she's continuing to work for her parents and is perfectly happy doing that, she's also been looking to find a virtual job from out-of-state schools. There's a lot of schools that are looking for virtual teachers that you don't necessarily have to have a teaching license in that area or can easily get one 
Uh, she has one. She's on an phone interview for one now. She's had a couple of others. Hmm. So I would say go virtual. There are a ton of the teachers that she talks to online and teacher groups that are going virtual. They don't want to go back. Nobody wants to have to go back and expose themselves or others or spread this. Anything you can do, if you have the option to go virtual, go virtual. I know it's going to suck for a while, but it's the safest thing. So that's my my two bits about it. Thanks, and uh, this is Ron in twenty in Carriker, Louisiana, twenty four hundred and fifty square feet. Terra Crow, what's it called? I want to look it up. But anyway, Ron, thank you for that uh, voicemail. Uh, he's 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 not even waffling like we were. He's no. firmly on the stay the fuck home situation. Yeah, and he has eight kids that he homeschools. I mean, look, it's ridiculous. How does he find time to listen to us? Because he used to listen to us, if I remember correctly, when he was driving about. Yeah. For his job. Yeah. So, does he force the children to listen to us? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ron, we need to know. <laughs> Um, all right. This is from Adam. Hey guys, I listened to the podcast this week and my family is in a similar situation with many others that our son is returning to school in a few weeks. It is so difficult because both my wife and I work full time. I've been able to work from home since the pandemic started and I feel fortunate for that. The problem with that is I cannot be busy with work and ensure that my son is keeping up with his e-learning. So my concern is I really don't want him to go back to school, but it seems like we don't have any option right now. I feel so conflicted about it all. I also feel like my son isn't getting the same education level that he receives while he is at school. To further complicate things, my son was diagnosed with selective mutism last year. He doesn't speak to most adults and didn't speak to anyone at his school for the first three months of kindergarten. Once he began making a lot of progress, he had to start e-learning with all the pandemic requirements. He's an only child and he really needs some socialization, especially with other kids. Basically, his condition is rooted in very bad social anxiety and I feel pretty much screwed no matter what. I'm frustrated and would love some other perspective from parents that are similarly, similarly conflicted. Is there some middle ground people are finding? So to summarize, this freaking sucks. Thanks, Adam in Indianapolis and 1,900 square feet, a first grader and an 80-pound yellow lab. Uh, seems like the right size for a dog. I'm just saying. That's how big Bo is. I know. Okay. <laughs> just dog talk. Dog talk. I don't think Bo would care about lasers. No. Okay. All right. Um, Adam, this is a this is a really tough. You're in a really tough spot. I mean, I think I personally would probably send a kid in that situation back to school, but it's well, a you really have to think that the decision. class size, you know, what would the what would the class size be that he's being yeah good introduced question. into? So you know, it's likely to be a smaller class size anyway, right? So I would say that you're at least in. Uh, a lower risk than, say, a, a larger, you know, 20 people classroom or something. Yeah, true. But I think that if I were Adam, Dory and I would be agreeing. Okay. We would send him. Yeah. 
think especially given his it's better for everybody yeah and given his um social anxiety issues i think it's better for him to be back in school all right this is from sherry or cherry i don't know how you pronounce her name i have a 16 year old daughter and due to anxiety and depression she spent her first two years of high school being homeschooled and now that she's in a better place mentally we were ready to return to high school this past february and then school shut down and I really don't want her to go back in the fall, even if they actually reopen, reopen, but I'm worried for her mental health. I can't work from home because I work at the USPS and I'm already stressed about not having a job at the end of the year when, when we inevitably close and get privatized by the current administration in this failing dystopia. I wonder <laughs> Gosh, how many people so right. will send their children back to school. It's Cherry in Salt Lake City for renting with one daughter who really wants a huge dog. Let me worry you more. If they're going to do it, they'll do it before the election so those mailers can't go out. <laughs> oh, God. That's dark. That's not dark. It's be prepared. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's probably, they probably got, he's probably got his top minds on it right now. Jared and Ivanka. Oh, jeez. I think if we could probably close now. <laughs> yes. I mean, Let's close now, honey. The good news is if they're on it, that was my impression it won't them. get done because they're so incompetent. <laughs> Well, at least we have Goya. <laughs> I love their beans. <laughs> Ew. What is beans? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sherry, we're thinking of you. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, Sherry, we hope, we hope, we hope yeah. that you crush it. <sighs> All right. Um, next email Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. A few years ago, I discovered I was a rebel, and it explained so much. I'd always beat myself up for not being able to follow diets or exercise routines, even in group settings where I thought accountability would help. I've learned I need to come up with my own guidelines and allow room for lots of flexibility since I know I'll occasionally reject my own guidelines. Sometimes just knowing I can give myself permission to break my own rules is enough motivation for me to actually uphold them. Hmm. Just a few thoughts from the rebel POV, a rebel in, and she's a rebel in Philadelphia with a questioner husband and a six month old baby who, if their sleep pattern is any indication is also a rebel. I still, what, what, am, what am I again? You're an obliger. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an obliger, everyone. Doesn't that seem like me? It does. Like to a T. All right, whatever. Shut up. Let's keep doing this because you want to. (laughs) (laughs) I have to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Do you want to read this next email from Elizabeth? Sure. Uh, This is Elizabeth, longtime listener, first time emailer. I don't have any IVF questions as I'm a 28-year-old little person with osteogenesis imperfecta type 3. So kids aren't in my future, but you never know nowadays. Questions for Matt. I need your help. Live in an apartment with a disconnected garage. Our Wi-Fi reaches, but it's super low. Slow. Well. And low. Similar. She correctly wrote slow. How can I make the signal stronger? I can't afford to waste my gigs on my cell phone plan. Well, uh, I would look into a a mesh system. Uh, Not the Google one. My favorite is the Netflix. Netflix, oh God, is the Netgear Orbi. Uh, it's a little expensive, but when I put it in our last house, it not only did we get a full signal in the bedroom, which was always a problem, but I got I, I was getting a full signal in the driveway, and the house was long, 
not wide. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, so if you got a mesh, uh, a mesh system, uh, again, I would recommend the Orbi, O-R-B-I from Netgear. Go to Wirecutter, take a look, look up their mesh internet home stuff, but you will get so much more coverage out of there. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Love the show. Keep up good work. Fingers crossed on the new IVF journey. Not sure what size my apartment is, but I live with my mom and dad and Gen Z sister. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm saving you. You're going to have so much coverage. You're not even going to know what to do with it. <laughs> All right. Um, someone else needs a recommendation from Matt. Okay. Hi, Shafriras. This is Katie calling from Toronto. Um, my question is for Matt. My husband is about to turn 40, and he's always sitting on an uncomfortable folding chair in our basement playing video games. <laughs> so I want to get him one of those rocker gaming chairs. And I was just wondering if you've ever tried one or if you have any recommendations. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Sounds like she's in a rainforest. I, it sounded like <laughs> I was in like a museum of science presentation about yeah. bird life. <laughs> It's like an uh, omni-theater uh, of birds. <laughs> uh, Dory's sitting in a gaming chair right now. Uh, Kate likes it a lot more than Dory does. True. Uh, it's a DX Racer uh, gaming chair. And it's not one of those rockers on the floor situations, but uh, it's a wheelie guy. Um, but it's very comfortable, especially for the... I like, I like a tall chair. You know? Mm-hmm. Little neck support. I don't like a tall chair. Um, so that that's my that's my recommendation is the Dia the DX R DX Racer. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Matt. I did it. Yep. And then if otherwise gaming chairs, I think you could, again go to Wirecutter, <laughs> and I think actually they have reviewed the gaming chairs there. So there you go. All right. So remember last week we heard from a listener who listens to our podcast on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we got a voicemail like about, Star-Lord. Yeah. about Zooms. Hey, y'all. Thomas in Colorado. Uh, I'm calling about using a Zoom. I remember when the iPod first came out and I tried using one and I swore it off after iTunes screwed up all my file, my music files. I don't know why I had to mess with my music files to put music on it. But I then got a Zoom because the Zune had a large capacity hard drive in it and it had a radio tuner in it as well. And I still listen to terrestrial radio, but it seemed like a superior device. And I used a Zune for years and I really loved it until I got myself a Galaxy P3 MP3 player and used that for years. But yeah, I think the Zune was a good product. It just didn't have good marketing and, you know, iTunes took over everything. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I like the Zune breakdown. Oh, he sold what me. it had versus what it didn't have. <laughs> I remember the FM tutor. I remember also there was a thing you could buy. You know, I worked in the Apple store in like 2007 or 8. And, you know, all the little iPod accessories. That, that was a whole other market in and of itself. Okay, there was a thing you could plug in to there get the FM, radio. There was an AM, FM transmitter yeah. thing that I homemade. Uh, there was, a, I don't think I ever sold one of those. I feel like I wanted one. <laughs> there was a, they had a little microphone that would plug into the bottom that would make it a recorder. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. A lot of journalists had that. I'm sure. Uh, and then, uh, what are some other stupid things they had? Uh, the, like we had sell those cassette things still that had the auxiliary 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put in a cassette, yeah. cassette deck in the car. Yeah. Oh, then there were ones that worked with a with a transmitter. So you'd plug it in and it would broadcast to a station, like 93.6 FM, and uh-huh. you'd tune your radio to it. Oh, wow. It's kind of like proto-Bluetooth. Yes, in a way. Very much so. Um, yeah, I had one of those. Had the tape one, too. Anyway, that was fun hmm. to walk down uh, music player lane. Well, Thomas called back. Oh, thank you. Hey, Thomas in Colorado again. I forgot to mention that I also shoot recurve using an inner nice. nature uh, recurve bow. But also on the subject of telling Steve Dave, uh, I also listen to them. Whoa. And interestingly enough, Microsoft paid them. Oh, no. Just We're just never going to know what Microsoft paid them to That's do? weird. No, it just like stopped. <laughs> to do several podcasts or a series of podcasts uh, under the uh, assumption that they were advertising Zoom players. And so I tell them Steve Dave does a series of podcasts, uh, you know, about the paranormal, but, you know, they always have this, this running gag at the end where they say Zoom, which doesn't make any sense now, but they still do, even though there's no more Zoom players. But, there you go. Yeah, definitely lots of crossover fans. You know, between Tom, and Steve, Dave, and you know, Nerdist. Bye. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like the breakdown. Thank you, Thomas <laughs> from Colorado. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right, and then lastly, we heard from Natalie. Yes. I'm listening to your musings about how Disney might reopen, and I just wanted to share what Universal Studios has done here in Singapore, where I live. Okay. For the record, I haven't made it there since the reopening last week. Virus concerns aside, taking a baby and a two-year-old there sounds like a day of pure insanity. But my friend took her older children and shared how it had worked. They are operating at 25% capacity and have the queues marked out so people are spaced a meter apart. That Mm -hmm. is the requirement here in Singapore. The wait times are apparently a bit longer as between each group that rides, they disinfect the entire ride. Parts people touch at least. They definitely are not doing that at Disney. They do it every 15 minutes or so. Okay. All right. Honey, I've watched a lot of videos. <laughs> I see that. I'm not sure how they are seating people during the ride, but everyone is wearing masks. In Singapore, masks are required the moment you step out of your home if you're over the age of two. The only exception is if you're exercising or sitting down eating and drinking at a food and beverage outlet. Failure to comply is deportation if you're an expat like my family. Oh, my God. Or hefty fines and jail time. They don't fuck around in Singapore. Well, No, they don't. I don't know if you remember when they caned that I do boy for graffiti. <laughs> I know. He, he spit gum out. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Just wanted to share how some other places are dealing with the reopening. I could see Disney looking to some of these as examples of what to do or what not to do for that matter. Sending you all the best with your next steps in the IVF journey. The second time is no easier, but I'm wishing you all the best for bringing a sibling to Henry and Bo. And enjoy toddlerhood. My son is such a handful, but they just keep getting more and more fun. Natalie. Mm, noted. Waiting. Oh, come on. You had fun with him today. You guys went in the pool. We we went in the pool. Yep. You liked it. Yeah. The bow was like afraid of the float again. Oh. And then he kept coming. He kept leaving. Henry kept leaving and coming back. Hmm. He really liked that the gate, you could open the gate and close the gate. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, it wasn't locking. It doesn't, it doesn't self-latch. You have to really shove it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, a problem. Yeah. It should self-latch. Yeah. 
Anyway. Anyway. Thank you, you all for listening. If you like the top half of this podcast, you'll love our Patreon episodes. Uh, you can support us on Patreon and get two bonus episodes every month. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Huge thank you to all the supporters out there. If you support us at the $5 level or above, you'll get your name right on the podcast each month. Also get the back catalog of Patreon episodes if you support us there. So thank you to the following folks. Michael Roth. Michelle Alvers. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike Zytek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly Schranz. Mariah Adamick. Mr. Bundy. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Nikki Murka. Maraca? Murka. Okay. Patricia Murka. Faust Resig. Uh, Paul Sharp. Paula. Rachel Downey. Ra- Robert Olson. Uh, Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa. Sandra M. Sarah Prager. Sarah Friedman. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. SJV. Stephen Azar. Tanya Kerchemin. The Holterman Clan. The Campbells. Tracy Jury. Wolf Fox. Amanda Schramm. Anonymous in Brooklyn. Ainsley. Bradley Johnson. Brad, Brian Gusky. Christina. Claire Dealey. Crescent Martin. Danielle Nusiforo. Deanna McLean. And Eliza. There you go. And a happy birthday to Diana Martin, our longest patron supporter. Oh, happy birthday, Diana. I believe Diane. Facebook told me it was today. HBD, Diane. <laughs> I randomly had a had my put my Apple Watch on, so I get all kinds of notifications I'd never get on my telephone. Oh, it's like sure. what? Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye.